Welcome to the Inspiring Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Domisha Campbell, and here we have authentic conversations about womanhood to inspire you to align with your God-given identity and show up as your best self. Welcome back. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Fun fact about me is I like to sing, okay? Even though I can't sing that well, I still like to do it. If this is your first time here, don't worry. And especially if that hurts your ears, I do not sing all the time. You know, sometimes I just got to add a little bit of flavor. You know, the intro was cool, but I, I, I want y'all to have a little bit more flavor. So that's the flavor for today. Anyhow, let me get into today's episode. So today we're going to talk a little bit about like, what is self-awareness? So if you're like most people, you probably are like, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like, oh yeah, I'm very self-aware. What's funny is that the research suggests that although most most people believe they are self-aware, according to a study done by psychologist Tasha Urich, only 10 to 15% of the population fit into the criteria of actually being self-aware. Can you believe that? When I read that stat, I'm like, you know, I'll be honest. I'm like, well, I can see why that's true. As I begin to dig deeper and I realized that I actually wasn't as self-aware as I thought I was. I was like, okay, this is for real (laughs) because it's, it's levels to this, right? And there's levels to everything. So I'm not ashamed to admit it. And I know that if this was helpful for me, it's totally going to be helpful for you and, um, so yeah, let's, I just wanted to start there. So what is self-awareness, right? I'm going to read you a definition that I found from verywellmind.com. That's legit the name of the website. I'm not kidding you. It's verywell, W-E-L-L, mind.com. I just feel like this definition kind of encompasses self-awareness for what it truly is. Because I think when people talk about self-awareness, I think we have this one definition in our heads and I feel like it's not, it doesn't really encapsulize everything because if it does, then maybe more people would be self-aware. But that's just a theory that I have. It wasn't any research or anything. So what is self-awareness? Self-awareness is your ability to perceive and understand the things that make you who you are as an individual, including your personality, actions, values, beliefs, emotions and thoughts essentially it is a psychological state in which the self becomes the focus of attention right like I mentioned before I thought I was so self-aware until recently what brought my level of self-awareness what brought this to my attention and how I am now more aware is from the help of a coach of mine and my dear husband You know, I'm probably, I had one of these episodes in the drafts called Marriage is a Mirror. I think that I really need to do the episode because thank God, you know, relationships in general, not just marriage, are mirrors. And that's why relationships are so important for us as human beings. But nevertheless, let's stay on topic. You know, I thought I was so self-aware until recently. And what I realized recently is that I was still disconnected with my emotions, that's one of the the key components to being self-aware, in my opinion, is being able to understand and identify what you're feeling, especially as a woman. I wasn't able to do that. 
besides those just those basic level emotions and you know outside of me just being able to identify what I was feeling besides happy sad angry you you know mad frustrated typical things like that would also be why am I feeling this way what is really going on with me those are things I kind of just brushed under the rug and some of those things I'll be honest that I was ashamed of Right. So my self-talk with myself was very destructive because in my head in the past and some I'm still working through sometimes is being angry is bad. That's how I would think. Being angry is bad. Being frustrated is bad. Being annoyed is bad. Being impatient is bad. So my level of self-awareness is higher now. So I can say, hey, well, I am feeling annoyed. I am feeling impatient. And don't necessarily assign a good or necessarily a bad thing to it. It's just like, this is what I'm feeling and being conscious about that, being self-aware about that. And then taking it to the next step and saying, okay, well, I'm feeling this way. What do I do about it? And what I would go into doing is shaming myself, beating myself up internally. Well, why do you feel this way? Nobody else feels as impatient as you are. Nobody else gets as upset as you are. Nobody else is as anxious as you are. These are the things that I would tell myself, even though obviously they are not true, right? There are people who struggle with impatience issues and they may be impatient in other areas of my life that I am not. You see me going through this, and me sitting back, not only observing myself, but being able to observe other people at higher levels and also just listen, I realize that every single person on this earth is dealing with things in their own time and in, 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 in their own way. So yeah, I might be impatient or anxious when it comes to certain things. Other people are struggling with the same things just in different ways. Or on different scales, you know, depending on where they are, if they're aware of it, if they're not, if they're consciously aware of it and are are working on it. But my self-talk to myself was not productive. I had two default modes and I talked about this on a previous episode titled Victim to Victor, right? My two default modes when I would have this internal dialogue with myself when I would make a mistake or I would act in a way that wasn't necessarily the best way to act, it would be two things I would do. I would either get in, get on myself internally or become the victim of the situation and put it on the other person. Being self-aware is being able to really read the situation for what it is. Am I triggered right now? Is this person actually doing to me the story that I'm telling myself in my head? That I jump to a conclusion? Did I ask enough questions? What are the what are the other perspectives of, of what's going on? That's why I'm going over this self-awareness. You know, it took for an, a, an external person, one of my coaches to say, listen, um, are you sure that's what's going on right now? It sounds like this is something that's coming up from your past. And I said, okay. It took for me to be in a calm conversation with my husband for me to realize that when I'm feeling heightened, 
conversation is starting to get a little bit exciting, that my hands start moving all over the place and that my facial expressions are going. You can feel the energy through the mic, right? I was just talking all calm and then I can feel now that I'm more self-aware that he pointed out to me and I saw myself on video. I know that feeling when I'm starting to act all uh, all over the place and just, I don't even know what to call it. It's like this internal chaos rising up out of me and manifesting in the way of my body language and my arms and, and all of these things and my tone and all of these things that I'm not even consciously aware of it because I'm so used to being that way. My husband has been trying to tell me for a while that when I get upset or when I'm feeling a certain way that my body language and my tone of voice is just like, it's just not there that he doesn't appreciate that. And he's not the only person. He's not the first person. So I I know what he's saying is true. So I begin to pay more attention not only to my words and how I'm talking to myself, but my body language. What is my body language signaling to my brain? I also realized doing this examination of myself, and I'm telling you this, so maybe you could take my story and apply it to how you may or may not be operating in your life and some blind spots that you may have, is I've had a battle with being anxious, and the anxiety came and has re-transpired because of various things that came up, came up in my life that I won't speak about right now. You know, I realized that anxiousness carried with me in everything that I would do. I noticed even recently that I would rush eating. I couldn't take my time just actually chewing my food, chewing it thoroughly and then swallowing and, and just taking my time biting and really enjoying what I'm having. It's just like, nom, 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 nom. Ooh, done. Nom, 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 nom. Relax. So now, y'all, I'm just like, wait a second. Let me just take a step back because all of my movements are just like, all right, fast, fast, fast. I need to go, go, go. I need to do this. I need to do that. And it's like, no, dude. Take a chill pill. And I will mention is this part of me being a mother and feeling like I have to do so many things and being in this world that is just so fast paced and go, go, go. And everybody wants your attention. And oh, you have to write me back here or you have to call me back and you have to do this and you have to do that. And that's just how my brain was operating to the point where I'm just like, no, no more. This is not my default mode network anymore. It's not it for me. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not in agreement with living a lifestyle like this. So that's where I'm at, family. So let me go over why, you know, self, well, I think I already read over why self-awareness is important, right? It's important because it's something that so many people think that they have, but they don't. And here are, I'm going to go over a few benefits of self-awareness, right? And on next week's episode, I'll go over some self-awareness blockers so you can know what may be blocking your self-awareness, okay? Number one is one of the benefits of being self-aware is being able to, like I mentioned before, recognize our emotions, right? Our emotions help us realize what we feel, feel what we want, what we like or what we don't want, right? It's going to increase our overall well-being because emotional intelligence is not just about identifying your emotions, right? It's also about being able to, to regulate it. Like I said, yes, I can feel now when I'm moving in an anxious state or that I'm getting a little bit um, 
heated in my body and I can say, oh, I'm realizing this feeling again. What do I need to do? Take a deep breath. Maybe lean back. Maybe fold my hand. Look into this person's eyes, right? Oh, I'm feeling a little bit angry and frustrated. What should I do? Should I engage in this conversation? Should I take a five-minute break? Oh, I'm feeling kind of sad right now. What should I do? Oh, oh, that what she said really made me feel discouraged. What do I do? You know what I mean? That's the importance of being able to recognize and identify our emotions, right? And that's why it's going to increase your overall well-being because this emotional energy is not just being stored and suppressed into your body. You're able to identify it. You're able to cater to it. And then you're able to release it. Release release, release, release. Okay. Number two is being able to identify triggers. This kind of goes one in one hand in hand with being able to recognize your emotions because our triggers are going to alert us about what pushes our buttons. And with that information, again, you can take responsibility and action for the way you behave. So let me speak uh, about myself for a second. One of my triggers is being criticized. And the reason that being criticized is one of my triggers is because in childhood, I felt powerless and kind of confused when I was criticized in childhood, because I'm like, I literally, you know, as a child, I literally did not know these things. I literally was not taught. So it was kind of like, why am I being yelled and screamed at for this? It just didn't feel safe. So now that I'm older, sometimes when I receive criticism, it's kind of like, I don't really want to hear what you have to say, especially if this person is, um, if I'm perceiving it as this person has like an elevated tone of voice. So like myself, when I talk, sometimes I get very excited. And with that excitement, my voice elevates, right? The same happens with other people. They can be very passionately talking to you about something and their voice elevated. But because when I received that criticism, when I was younger, the voice wasn't elevated coming from a place of love and excitement. It was becoming coming from a place of anger and rage. But that's where it was coming from. So that is a trigger for me. So when I'm in a situation, if I'm receiving criticism, because criticism is, it's a normal part of life, right? We have evaluations at work where we're going to be criticized, criticized. Are you meeting our expectations? Are you not? In relationships, whether they're platonic or even in a romantic relationship, your friends could criticize you, how you showing up as a friend. Oh, well, you don't call me enough or you don't text me enough or you don't you're not there for me as much as I would like you to be. You don't ask me how I am about you. Criticism is a normal part of life. And that's actually how we grow. So if I'm not receptive to criticism, if I'm not being open minded, at least a little bit, and I'm just shutting it down because of my triggers, how self aware can I really be? So that's why identifying your triggers are very, very important. Because now that I know that that pushes my buttons, I'm aware that if someone is giving me criticism, I can I can think about it more and ask myself, what's really going on here? Is anything that they're saying true right now? 
do I struggle with this? What do other people have to say about this? Is this a theme in my life? Have I been told this before? I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I told you I wouldn't sing too much. I hope this isn't your first time listening. If it isn't, thank you for coming back. Number three is empathize with others. You know, being self-aware can help you empathize with others and also see things from multiple perspectives. Because when you are self-aware yourself, like I mentioned before, you can see that, you know, people are really trying most of the time their best and everybody is dealing with something. Every single person is dealing with something right? So you don't sit on this pedestal like, oh, well, this person didn't know that they talked to me in this way. Because there may have been an instant in your life where you talk to someone else in a certain way, and you couldn't see it from their perspective either. And you're just like, well, this is just how I always talk. I talk to this way to my family, and I talk this way to my children. No one has ever said anything, right? just have a be sometimes number four is being self-aware allows you to become a better decision maker when you are self-aware right you understand the things that make you are as an individual and that includes your values right and the decisions we make are a direct demonstration of our values right whether we're going to say yes or no to something it is in direct decor in direct correlation with our values being highly self-aware will help you to say okay this is what I stand for this is this is not what I stand for this is the type of person that I am that I would like to be all of it 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 just pans out and it makes things a lot easier this is what's important to me this is not so granted if you're aware of all of that if you're walking and all of that if you're confident about all of that you're going to be a better decision maker it's like hand in hand number five is going to be it increases self-confidence if you are knowing your triggers if you can recognize your emotions if you really really know yourself your values your 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 beliefs your thoughts you're going to be confident right you're going to be confident in your ability to make decisions you're going to be confident because you know who you are and whose you are and it's like really no lines about that you're not looking to the celebrities and you're not looking to your family members and you're not looking for any outside source to tell you who you are you know who you are It's going to increase your self-confidence. Number six, it's going to help you build stronger relationships. I'll go into number seven first. It's going to help you communicate more effectively, right? It's going to help you communicate more effectively. Why? Because of all the things that I mentioned first, you can recognize your emotions. You can identify your trigger. You can uh, empathize with others. You're going to become a better decision maker. And with that, you're going to be able to handle conflicts better. Because you're going to be able to say, hey, I noticed this person or I noticed myself getting kind of reveled up. I'm getting riled up with this conversation. Let me take a step back. 
Let me really analyze what's going on here. Let me take a breather for that. And with that, it's going to be able to create better relationships because people know that, okay, yeah, me and Teresa, we may have a a disagreement, but we're not just going to fall out about it. We're going to actually be able to talk about it and and, 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 and talk about how we feel and what transpired from that conversation and what we actually meant from it and then move on from it. I think right now we're in a culture where it's like, oh, okay, no, if they don't understand me, if they don't want to do it my way, then we just exit out to the highway. It's no like, all right, maybe I can do that better. Oh, I understand that this person is this way. Maybe I can tweak that a little bit. And you're going to do that for the people that mean the most to you in your relationships, unless they're trying to have you bending over backwards. And it's something that they need to work on internally. Like I'm not going to ask people to stop criticizing me because of my childhood wounds. Like that's, that's just not even a reasonable request. I am a grown adult woman. <laughs> you know, I am going to need to, to to handle criticism. That is a normal part of life, you know, but if somebody is yelling at and screaming at me and I say, hey, you know, I'm willing to hear what you have to say, but when you start escalating and raise your voice, it makes it really hard for me to comprehend what you're saying. That's a, to me, I just came up with that off the dome. That's a reasonable request to make to someone. You know what I mean? Because as, as again, as adult human beings, I'm going to expect and respect expect another adult to speak to me with a calm voice. You know, I get things get heated, things get escalated, but I'm talking about majority of the time. That is a reasonable request, right? So be able to communicate more effectively. That's going to help you build stronger relationships. And that's the last bullet point. And building strong relationships is so important because as humans, I said it already, we are relational beings and relationships add meaning to our life relationships again I said marriage is a mirror relationships are a mirror they're going to inspire personal growth right we need social support right it takes a village like they say it takes a village to raise you it takes your mom it takes your dad it takes your friends it takes you know community members we are the world hey we are the children we are the ones to make a brighter day so let's start living let's start building stronger relationships this is what life is all about okay those are all the benefits for today's episode that's it tune in for next week episode where i'm gonna go over the top self-awareness blockers you don't want to miss it peace especially as a woman